people, you can't just go to a vitamin shop and buy a pill and expect to see results the next day. You need to go see a physician and actually get a prescription physical therapy, prescription medication, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's holistic, right? You just take this oil and rub it on your skin. Whatever that looks like, you need something that's planned out for you for what your ministry can do. You're listening to the Pocket Pulpit Podcast with Sarah Kinzer and Hector Martinez, part of the TCD Podcast Network. Hey, all welcome once again to the Pocket Pulpit Podcast, part of the Church Digital, uh, the Church.Digital Podcast Network. Um, hey, we love just the the internet. I mean, if we're really going to get down to it, we love the internet. But but ultimately, we, we really love about the internet is the ability and the opportunity uh, for ministry use and for um, relationship building. And so... Um, so excited for you guys to to be listening into to today's episode, and uh, just a side note, just a quick plug here. Uh, we've got a Patreon page if you want to get these episodes, these conversations early. And so, if you're listening to this conversation right now, uh, you could have listened to it two days ago. And so, uh, sign up at Patreon Pocket Pulpit Podcast. Um, what else do we need to, to know today? Oh, hey, I started building a website. <laughs> I started building a website for the podcast and I'm excited about that. All right. Okay, that's enough. On it. What's that? You've, you've been on it. I have. I'm just exploring, you know, little, little options here and there. Okay. Uh, hey, so today, uh, obviously I'm Hector and that was my co-host, Sarah, uh, hey, back hey. from a break, Sarah. It's really great to have you back this week. Thanks. It's great to be back. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was nerve wracking last week, just trying to hold <laughs> down the fort by myself. Uh, and so really glad to have you have you back today. Uh, you did really then, well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, today, we've got a guest with us, Justin Nava. Hey, what's going on, Justin? Hey, Hector. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. I'm glad to get into uh, to what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so... Justin, I know from following you that you're a fellow Texan. And while I believe that's probably the most important thing that people should know, uh, just tell us a little bit about who who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, so I'm Justin Nava. I run a church marketing agency called NavaChurchMarketing.com because I feel the church could make a greater impact in their community if more people just knew they existed. So I started this agency to provide a done-for-you solution for pastors and small churches to become better known in the community so that they have more opportunities to introduce their neighbors to Jesus. And a very important part of that in my heart is it's done for you. I'm not here to give you some software and let you figure it out. The more time you spend behind a computer screen, the less time you spend in front of people. I want to get you in front of people. So my guys will be behind, and girls will be behind the computer screen, and we're going to bring the people to you so that you can witness to them and, again, introduce them to Jesus. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so I found you on Twitter. Um, what other or maybe not other social uh, media platforms are you on, and what's your preferred social media platform? So I'm everywhere, man. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. Everything gets a couple posts a week. So you can find me pretty much everywhere at the Justin Nava. Um, my show's on YouTube. We'll talk about that later. I, I'm the biggest fan of Twitter, uh, to be honest. Uh, it is a cesspool. It is full of degeneracy. Uh, it is uh, like walking into Corinth. But uh, that's a place where 
you know, you can just get a random DM or a random message from someone and says, Hey, you want to be on my podcast this Friday? And you're like, absolutely. I do. Uh, oh, you know, cause you can just walk that? in, <laughs> you can just walk into any conversation. I think it was Gary uh, Vaynerchuk that said, it's like a big cocktail party and you can just introduce yourself and jump in any conversation for good or for bad. And, uh, I, th- I try to use it for good and, and, and be a positive influence there for my brothers and sisters. Mm. Well, that's really good. That, um, it feels relatable to describe uh, Twitter as like Corinth right now. It feels like a a wild, wild place. Yeah, um, it is the wild <laughs> west there. Yeah. Um, Justin, can you tell us a little bit about who who you are just like as a human, not the things you do and where you're at and things like that? Just sure. who's Justin? So I'm a born and bred uh, Baptist boy. I was raised fourth generation in my church. Um, people knew my name before I could walk. And people knew me as, uh, you know, the Wilcox grandchild. Uh, and I was born and raised there. I graduated, got out of the big city as fast as I could. And I went to a small town Baptist college, met my wife, started our family there. And God brought us back to Houston. So apparently our work's not done here. Uh, so, you know, I've been in the church for a long time. And the, the moments that I've been out of the church, because God's taken us all over Texas, I realized there's more than just your community. Uh, A church in Houston has different gifts and a different way to serve people than a church in Belton, Texas, uh, which is very different from a church in Edinburgh, Texas, uh, which is very different from a church even in Southwest or North Houston, Texas. Um, And as I began freelancing in 2012, I realized as I started working with churches across the country, every church is uniquely equipped to uniquely reach a unique group of people. And call me traditional, to go back to me, Call me traditional, but I, I yearn for a time like 50 or 60 years ago when the, the driveways were empty on Sunday morning and grocery stores didn't open until one or two o'clock. Um, I think the church has allowed ourselves to be relegated to no longer be needed or felt needed. And I think most of that is our doing. So me personally, what I want to see in my lifetime is I would love to see 1 million churches across the globe become the cornerstone of their community. That's going to look different for every community. And that doesn't mean I want one church for every city, because if there was supposed to be one church for every city, we would have one church for every city. God would stop calling us to plant churches and just go join new ones. So what that looks like, I don't know. The way I know I'm gifted is to help people see the church, recognize the church is your church is different than the churches they see on TikTok or the pastors that they read about in the news, which is never in a good light. I want to see churches come back to the cornerstone where people say, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. What can the government do for me? Or I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Let me turn to what I know works, drugs, alcohol, abuse. Um, I, want, I, want, I want the church to be known as this is a safe haven. This is a place you can find deliverance. This is a place you can find healing. This is a place you can find hope. This is a place where you can find your purpose. Whatever your church's calling and equipping is, I want to see people, everyone in your community know that you're there to serve them. Also, I'm a big baseball fan. Who's your team? We lost Hector. Oh, no. Oh, no. I have Hector. I lost Sarah, too. Is it my internet? Oh, no. I don't know. Hector, I, can you still hear me? I see, I see everybody. It might be Zoom. It would be, it would be uh, Zoom. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's, maybe it's my, maybe it's my end. Hang on. Let me take my headphone off. Oh, his AirPod may have died. Yeah, man. 
my oh, AirPod, AirPod die connected or something. Oh, that's going to be the intro right there. Justin, we, we have uh wall run. Y'all, y'all, y'all just, y'all just, y'all just, y'all just stayed silent. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, boy, they don't like it. I guess. Yeah. Like, okay. Was, y'all just stayed silent. And I was like, okay, maybe they're waiting for a, for a, like a pause break or whatever, like an ad break. That's going to come in there right now. Yeah. So yeah, you um, you mentioned Belton, Texas. Did you go to UMHB? Yes, I did. Yes, right go there. Crusaders. Look at that. <laughs> I was there. I was there for a semester and a half. I didn't finish, but oh, okay. Go crew. I was there for five and a half years. Nice. Well, you just you took my years that I didn't. <laughs> cool. Well, so Sarah was asking, what's your uh, what's your favorite team, baseball? Uh, the Astros, of course. Okay. I'm a center, just like everyone else. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh boy. One one thing that you I'm trying to remember before all our chaos ensued, but you mentioned something. Maybe it was the crew thing. Maybe I was like Belton, because it was very specific. And so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's gotta be UMHB. Like it, it has yeah. to be. You don't say yeah. Belton, Texas, Baptist. You're not talking Texas. about Temple College, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Justin, I was listening. Uh one, I think that's a great vision as far as like not only churches being equipped and and ready to be a part of their neighborhood and serve the neighborhood, but that people would know that they're there, um, which is going to be the theme of this show, right? And so you you work in uh, church marketing. Is that fair to say? Um, that is that is absolutely correct to say. Ooh, perfect. One for one. Here we go. Uh, but okay, so I was listening to your podcast and. One of the things that you said that that struck me and that I, I really want to dig into today is you have a distinction between church marketing and church communications um, that you highlighted early on in that in one of your episodes. And so um, I could rehash that and, you know, do a very poor job of that. And then I'd be one for two. Um, but uh, I just want to give you an opportunity. Like, can you tell us a little bit about that distinction you make? Sure. So church communications can encompass marketing. However, marketing is really just a subsection of communications. I think a lot of people, a lot of churches went to the church version of being politically correct and said, we're, gonna, we're not going to do marketing, right? Marketing is aggressive. Marketing is sometimes abusive and absolutely it can be. So they changed it to communications, right? And the problem is that I see is that communications is too all-encompassing of a term for what one person can do. Communications includes for churches, both internal communications, communicating among staff, among ministry leaders, among your congregation, and communicating with the outside world, your neighborhood, your community, your city, your organizations outside, their parents outside, you know, all that. And you have to remember that normally a communications role can be handled by one person in a million dollar company. Okay. So, you know, one person in a million dollar company can run communications because you've got seven employees, maybe a couple subcontractors, and you've got a very targeted audience, right? Not everyone's in the market for a new roof. So if you're in a town of a million people, you know, your target audience is going to be families that are homeowners that need a new roof after a hailstorm that drops that amount. So you got one person that's communicating to seven or 10 internal people and a few thousand external people. Okay. Now in church, because Jesus is for everyone, right? Even though you're uniquely equipped to uniquely serve a unique group of people, 
In church, you not only have, let's say in 150, 200 person church, you not only have a staff of seven, you've also got a congregation of 200 that you have to communicate with and keep on the same level and maintain their communications across multiple platforms. A business just has to worry about a few things, right? Some advertising, some social media, and some emails, right? Whereas churches, we have such a diverse group of people sometimes, we've got stage announcements, stage slides, bulletin, flyers, internal communications, email, maybe Slack if you're on it. Then you've got the external communications, which is far more than a few thousand people, right? So one person has a very difficult time being the communicator for an entire church, even a church of 100, and an entire community outside their church which again, may not be all 1 million people because some of them are going to speak languages you can't speak, right? But there are going to be several tens of thousands of people potentially that you are going to have to communicate to. And to keep everyone on the same page, it's very difficult. So I decided when I started this agency, we're going to be a church marketing agency. And church marketing is the external part of it because we have clients that like have a church communications director, a church of 350, 400 people. They have a hard enough time keeping those that flock under one uh, on the same page, right? So they bring us in so we can focus on the external. When you focus on the external, number one, you can get your data right because it's hard to balance all the data from internal and external. Well, who's reading this? And this this said 70 people saw this post. Well, is that your people or is that outside people? It's very hard to tell if you're just bringing everything in under one roof, right? Mm. So we focus on the marketing because we want to be sure that, you know, I, I believe the devil shouldn't get all the attention. So I'm, we're going to go out and we're going to try to get more attention to your church, to your services, to your offerings, to your missions, to your benevolence, to the things that you're doing in your community. So you're not just sitting there on the corner saying, hey, come and see over here. Like Jesus says, come and see, but we can bring that to them so they can come to us out there and see Jesus in the community. And like I said, it, it, it comes down to the marketing part of it comes down to when someone feels that pull, whether it's their own desperation or God pulling on them to go to church, right? They're going to first go to what they know. And if they don't know anyone, they're going to go to their friends and family and ask for a recommendation. If their friends and family don't know anyone, they're going to go to Google and ask Google for a recommendation. And what we're seeing now is that it's not only just, I, you know, I, I need to go to church. No, it's, I need to get out of this abuse of alcohol. I need to get off this drug. I need to get out of this depression. Something in my life is not working. Who do I know that's told me that there's something else to live for? Who do, who have my, if I don't know anyone, who has my mom seen or who has my sister or brother seen that they can say, this seems like a legit place. And unfortunately, the data shows as time goes on from early 2000s to now, people are going to friends and family less and just going straight to Google, right? If you have a porn addiction, you're probably not going to go to your friends and family. You're going to go to Google. So the church needs to be there too. So that that's really what it is about. It's about not just communicating internally, but it's communicating externally so you can become the best known organization in the community. That last little bit that you talked about, you have your pinned tweet is back from 2020. So I know 2020, like we are just wishing was a bygone age, but it, and it's it's far too far behind us to still feel like the way we feel. But it is your pin tweet is so relevant and it says how church messaging comes across visitor. I'm lost. My wife is about to leave me and I just want to know my place in this universe. What is missing in my life? Church join us Sundays at eight 30 or 10 AM sign up for our potluck this Thursday. Are you in a life group? I saw that and was just like, Whoa, yes, because it's the, it made me think like it's almost 
on brand for the church to be off brand when we're trying to reach the lost. Like our brand is feed the hungry and heal the hurting. And our brand is speak life and reconciliation. And our brand is hope and love and joy and peace. But we are marketing often marketing excellence or cool or events. And um, that's, we market things that are just simply off brand from the work of Christ, like not just the atoning work of Christ, but all of it and the work that we are called to partner with him in. And so I'm really excited to hear, to have that conversation, to, to, to pair the marketing the, and, the tr- and the communications with the message of Christ, which is what we want people to hear, what we want them to, to pick up on, and less about how cool and relatable, I guess, I mean, that we can be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that, that we take a specific focus on. Um, sometimes we refer to it as discipleship focused marketing. That's where a lot of church marketing goes wrong. And is one of the reasons why I just had to start my own agency is so much marketing is just, let's just scale everything and get as many people into what you're already doing. My view of marketing is it's raising awareness of the church. It's calling people to action. Yes. However, when we start a project and when you start a project, I want you to answer this. If you did not have a church building, what would you be promoting? If you're going to promote Jesus, promote it in a way that would be actual dialogue inducing. Meaning if, if you met someone in the grocery store and they said, oh man, you're a pastor. You go to, you pastor that church, right? Like, dude, my wife is about to leave me. My kids hate me. What do I do? You as a pastor would not say, that's a great question. You know, we've got a new study coming this Sunday at 930. We'd love to have you here. Fill out this form so we can know you're coming and save a gift for you, right? That's how that message comes across. Whereas the message should be, dude, that's, that honestly sucks. Let me, let, let's talk about this a little bit more, right? And so we want to encourage not just what I call, and this is more marketing speak, what I call putting the ball in their hands, which means just tell them everything we're doing and hope they take action. We need to take the ball back in our hands and say, hey, how can we pray for you? How can we serve you? What can we do right now? It is Tuesday night. I don't want you to wait till Sunday to hear the gospel message. How can we get you connected with us now? That's the real question. And then not only that, coming in as a piece of actual value into your community. And when I say value, I don't mean in a helicopter Easter egg drop or giving away a free car or like the fanciest tumbler mug in your in your guest gift. I'm talking about meeting their actual needs, their physiological needs, their physical needs, their psychological needs, right? Mental health is a huge thing right now. And I'm, I praise God that many churches are getting on board with that. But if that's not your gifting, then don't focus on that. Focus on what you are gifted for, right? There are lots of parents that are just wandering in a glaze not, they're just doing the same thing again. They're giving their two-year-old Cheetos, no judgment if that's what you've done, right? But they don't know any better. They're, they're unhealthy mentally and they take it out on their kids or they're lazy and they don't take care of their kids. How can the church speak into their lives now rather than VBS coming in three months, sign up now, right? So traditional marketing for churches is that. It's how can we get the most amount of people in our building so they can get involved in what we're actually what we're already doing. My 
prescription for marketing is what are your people struggling with? How is your church gifted to solve that problem in their lives through Jesus, right? And then how can you make them aware that you're available and how can you start that dialogue right away? So if oh, I want to hear like what, what that practically looks like. Sure. So, <clears throat> so um, this is, this is where marketing has to meet ministry. So I can't just say, you know, do this. Okay. I, I'm actually very anti do this. I believe every church is uniquely equipped to uniquely reach a unique group of people. You can't just go to a vitamin shop and buy a pill and expect to see results the next day. You need to go see a physician and actually get a prescription physical therapy, prescription medication, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's holistic, right? You just take this oil and rub it on your skin. Whatever that looks like, you need something that's planned out for you, for what your ministry can do. So I can give you some examples of churches that we've worked with. Uh, for example, one church is in a very impoverished neighborhood. Uh, and so what they've done is they've opened up a free clinic. They see, uh, man, they see, I can't remember what the number is over 5,000 that, that might even be way too low, but they see over 5,000 patients a year for absolutely free. The church ministry covers it. Right. But if people are sick and they don't know that clinic exists, right. So they come into the, so we tell them about the clinic. That's a ministry of the church. They come into the clinic to get healed and they see more information about the church. And not only that, they get follow-up with information about the church, right? You know, it, it's kind of like that, you know, um, you know, hey, you're thirsty. Well, hey, there's this everlasting water uh, that, that you know, will quench your thirst forever, right? So, you know, we, we promote what they need immediately, okay? Another church uh, has a pastor who used to be an accountant. And so he has the gifting to help people figure out their money. And so the church has started like financial counseling. This kind of goes back to uh, how Sunday school started right? When Sunday school started, kids were still working in the factory. They weren't going to school every day. Public school didn't exist. Or if it did exist, it was for the nice areas. And so what the church did was say, our kids need to know how to read. Let's have a school session on Sunday and bring the kids in and teach them how to read. And we can use the Bible to teach them how to read. That's why we have the name Sunday school, right? And so how can your church solve the problems of people, not only the, the carnal problems, I don't know if that's the right word, but the worldly problems, but how can you become a place where people can recognize, okay, the church isn't just a place that I go to on Sundays when I feel bad, make a confession and leave and go sin some more, or it's not a place where my grandma took me and they slapped my wrist with a ruler in Sunday school. This place is actually cares about me. There's something here that they're doing, what makes them different or get them to say, I do, I do want to go to there. That's, that's, that's what the church needs to be doing. Um, another example, you know, real simple, you've heard this, I'm not the one that created it or started it or pioneered it. Uh, but you know, another thing you can do is prayer ads, you know, run a Facebook ad saying, Hey, I'm the pastor just a few miles away from you. Don't say that, but I'm a pastor in your local area, right? They'll get that. You're just a few miles away from them. Uh, and Hey, I just want to know what you're struggling with. How can we pray for you? How can we support your family? right? And so run those. So you start that dialogue, right? If you have a VBS coming up, right? You're, you're thinking about kids, you're getting ready for kids. What's a great way that you can support parents in your community, right? Maybe, maybe you offer to do brown bag lunches during the summer when, when, when school lunches are not being paid for by the school, right? Parents got to suddenly come up with an extra meal every day for their kids at home. So the church can provide those meals. So, you know, it's kind of like marrying marketing and missions, but the difference is we don't just go out to a park and wait for people to come. We go out and tell them, Hey, we are here because we love you. Come meet us here. And if you don't, 
we'll, we'll, we'll hit you again with a different kind of ad. And then once you, once we got you, now we're going to follow up with you because we love you so much. And because we are morally obligated by the great commission, we're going to keep in contact with you because this message is that important. I think that's part of the reason why the church has relegated ourselves because it got comfortable to say, we're over here, come visit us. And someone says, oh, I haven't heard from that church. Uh, And we look at our role and says, no, you visited on Sunday, May, 2019. And we sent you an email the day after. And we haven't talked to you in four years. Bro, you don't exist anymore, right? And so we've relegated ourselves to just be comfortable and say, hey, we're gonna, uh, we're just gonna be here if you need us. You know, we don't wanna bother you. It is a bother to bother someone to give them the gospel of Christ. It is a bother to say, hey, can I pray for you, man? I, I, the scariest thing, one of the scariest things I ever did was, was pray with my gym buddy who was a, a militant atheist, mm-hmm. right? But I said, hey, you know what? I'm about to move away. Can I, is, I know you think it's weird. Can I just pray for you? And the next day he said, you know, I used to think all Christians were crazy, but you convinced me at least some of them aren't, right? Mm-hmm. That's a step. And I, I'm praying for someone in that community while well, he moved away, but someone in, in the new community, the new state he's in to continue the work that I tried to plant, right? Or at least that God planted through me. And that's, that's the battle we have to face. So I think a lot of churches say, we're just going to be over here. And if you're okay with it, come over here. We need to bring some of that awareness that, dare I say, aggressiveness back, not aggressive as in the guy on the Las Vegas strip with a bullhorn, you're going to hell. (laughs) Not talking about that kind of aggressiveness. I'm talking about you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to suffer alone. You've got people that are here that love you no matter where you've been, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done. When, when you are at your absolute disparity and you're tired and you're tired of chasing things and you're looking to go back to that abusive relationship with alcohol, drugs, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever that looks like, Jesus is here for you to take all of that off your shoulders. And we can show you what that looks like because we've been there too. I think that's another big thing we're missing is the stories. Yeah. Telling the stories of transformation, not just, hey, Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan for your life. No. It's, I was at the bottom of a barrel looking for the next barrel of beer. I couldn't see straight. I lost my job. I got invited to this church, did some research, looked like they weren't crazy. I was crazy enough myself to try anything. And when I was there, God spoke to me and said, I have a plan for you. You are better than this. I created you to be better than this. I am better than what you're, you're, you're abusing yourself with. Come to me and be healed. And now I got a better job. I met my, my now wife. We're pregnant. We're about to have kids. Everything is on the right path. I'm living for God. I had no idea I could be this way. Only God could change me this way. Mm. And I'd love to meet you this Sunday. If yeah. you don't believe me, come, come meet my family. I'll take you out for coffee, right? We need stories like that to, to really show I people. Think- don't just come to church, but come to church and be transformed. Yeah. I, I, when I, I hear you talking, I think it's like, Jesus said, go to all the world. And now we're sort of like, um, hey world, you want to come here yeah. um, next week? Yeah. And um, and then when you tell that story, like in the space where he says, and I got invited to church, there's there's a human and there's a relationship, or the, I mean, there's some extension of the offer. The offer has to be there. And so mm-hmm. when we talk about like marketing. From the church level, it's also like it has to be built in. It's not something that can be applied on top of a church. It's something that has to be built into the DNA. Um, and so, how how does a 
leader or someone um, who just has a passion and a care um, for the church? How do they communicate this, that, that ownership to the people mm-hmm. around them at their local church? Sure. So uh, I, I really like how you kind of went back to that. 85% of people still come to church because of personal invite. So take it from a marketing guy. We're not going to replace that personal invite, right? So what it can do is make that invite easier. And this goes back to your, your last question there is how do we get our people, what I call rally around the banner of the church. Okay. Meaning the church as a building is not replacing Christ. Okay. We, we are rallying around the mission and the church is the vehicle in which we reproduce. Okay. Um, so we're not, we're not replacing the gospel. When I say, tell people about your church or make your church, the best known organization. Yes. Everything goes back to Jesus. All right. The church is just the vehicle. And so again, this is where that marketing cannot solve ministry. It can support it. And so if you have an issue, in fact, I have a whole show on invite cards and inviting people, you know, what that looks like, you know, you really have to develop that culture of this is a place to be. And if your people are not inviting, it means that there's something there that's bringing them. That's an obligation that, or something that's bringing them there that they're embarrassed about that they don't want to share. Right. How many times have you eaten at a restaurant and you just randomly tell your coworker, dude, I had the best burger. Oh, it was so good. Or you, you go to, I take my daughter to a, a place nearby, a pizza place. And she's like, I can't wait to go back. Let me invite my friends. I want to go back with, with my friends uh, next week, right? Because there's something there that's different. There's something there that's exciting. There's something there that's valuable. So if your people are coming, but they're not telling others about it, what is it? Are they going out of obligation? Are they like me? Were they born and raised there? But it's kind of traditional. They don't have, they're not a cool church. They don't have drums on the stage. We sing old hymns. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. But there needs to be, or are they there out of obligation, right? I was there because I was fourth generation. I was expected to be there. And it was more awkward to be asked, why weren't you at church last Sunday? And then have to talk to my grandmother about it because everyone's asking her versus me just going to church. Right? So I'll just go to church and, and whatever. I'll doodle in the back back row. So there's something there that's that's more of a ministry heart issue. Now, where marketing can support that is actually what I recommend you do first, which is figure out your messaging. Okay. And that is what makes your church unique. If everyone thinks, or if you're, if your people think that your church is just like every other church, why bother inviting? They can go to any other church. It'll probably be better than our church. But if you switch that and say, you know what, here's kind of where our church is uniquely equipped, right? We've got a great kids ministry. Like, and when I say great, I'm not talking about the city's biggest slide. Uh, I'm talking about, we've got some, some volunteers that are here at 6 a.m. walking the kids ministry, praying. We've got a nursery that doesn't stink, right? We've got kids that, that leave knowing verses. I loved it when my daughter left Sunday school and learned a verse and memorized it that day. Like that was great. I love that. And, and we've got a, a ministry that helps support our parents because we provide resources for parents, right? So we've got a really cool kids ministry. People are obviously here because of our kids ministry. So instead of, hey, everybody just invite people to church, say, hey, our future generation is growing up lost. And so you probably know parents at school. You probably know parents that you work with. We know our children's ministry is awesome. So instead of saying, hey, can you come to church right now? Just be like, hey, our kids are doing something amazing here. My daughter memorizes first. My daughter did this or my son, you know, whatever. I think your kid would like it too. And I, and she would, my daughter would love to, 
to, to meet your son or whatever, you know, it'd be a lot of fun for you to come or whatever that event is, right? You can make it that personal invite. But if you're just another church, who wants to invite people to just another church? What is that, that thing that gets people to stick, right? We got one client that it's, you know, we recognize churches aren't doing a good job. So we're going to help you discover why God created you and help you live out that faith seven days a week. We've got another church that's like, hey, you should not have to feel burdened with a boot stuck on your neck. And so they know that if anyone around here in this impoverished area feels like they're constantly being put down by the man, by the government, by big brother, by their neighbors, they just can't get ahead. It's because you're doing it all on your own. And so if you want to try find true healing from what ails you, this is the place to do it at. Now, if you have a mess- mission like, message like that, who doesn't want to share that hope and healing? Who doesn't want to say, hey, you know what? I hear you, man. The check bounced again. Your wife's not paying alimony. My church will help you. Or wh- whoever pays alimony. I don't, husbands pay alimony, right? Uh, that's a different conversation. My church can help you. And by the way, I, 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 think, I think pastor's message from last Sunday, could, would you listen to it with me? Can we listen to it together? Again, bring that people into it. And, and, and that builds that relationship. You know, I believe discipleship is focused on relationships. No amount of marketing, retargeting, pixeling can replace that. But you can make it easier for your people to build that relationship. And going back to that personal invite, it is easier for your people to make that personal invite when they can expect someone already knows and has heard about your church. So then it's not, hey, do you want to come to Bill and Ted's Excellent Church with me? And they say, oh, church. Nah, I see those guys on TikTok all the time. They're crazy. They paint their feet with gold and think they can walk golden footsteps. No, thank you. Or, hey, do you want to go to Bill and Ted's Excellent Church with me this Sunday? Or, or the potluck Friday night? That sounds familiar. Why do I, why do I remember that? Oh, we paid off a million dollars of medical debt last year. Or, um, or they, we, they opened the clinic in, in the, the college. Uh, they helped facilitate the college over there, right? And you're not doing anything new. You're just making sure people are aware of what you're doing in Christ's name. So that they can say, there's something different about that place. I want to go to that place. That's, that's the end goal. And, and even if it's not, I want to go to that place, I want to hear that message. Uh, one of the other things that we've done, I appreciate you guys for just letting me talk. Um, one of the things that we were doing with One Church, uh, which is great because one of the things we ask is, uh, you know, what if someone comes to your website or finds you online, what's the one thing you want them to do? And this pastor said what no other pastor has said. And I'm like, I love this is he said, I don't care if they forget about our church. I do care if they forget about Jesus. And so their church website is actually really focused on a gospel presentation and training and teachings on Jesus and Jesus's quote unquote plan for your life. And hey, if, if it makes more sense for you to come and do it in a, an in-person fellowship community, you can come find us here on Sunday, right? And so that's the main purpose of their online marketing is let's get the gospel out in front of as many people as possible. And we can do it in a way that's so focused and target. We're not relying on, which I love the ministry that's running ads for local churches and then people submit their information and then they connect you with a local church. I love that ministry. Uh, But we can run something even more targeted where we can use your gifts, promote those to get people in connected with your church. So we know they're a good fit. So, So they know what to expect. And it's not just, I hope this church calls me back, right? So that that's really what it's about. It's about making sure that people are aware of your church. They know when you're open, where you are, and what to expect when they engage with you online, in person, on Sunday, not on Sunday. What does that look like? How can we make that well-known? And again, it's in support of the ministry already. It's not replacing it. And that's that's where 
marketing has gotten a lot of bad rub is in the effort to replace what's already there rather than supporting not only discipleship, but supporting what the church is already doing. I hope that made sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Hector, I feel like I'm like running, like running over you. Like, (laughs) sorry, I had another thought, though. So I'm going to ask it anyway. (laughs) Um, So it's like when I hear you talking, you talked about VBS and children's ministry. And I work with our children and our youth at our at our church. And so I think about, you know, how do we let people know VBS is coming up and we've got this event that we we want people to come to. We believe that this is an awesome opportunity. We, we serve dinner. It's a, it's a great way to care for our families and the families in our community. And we value it. We value it. I think that when I hear what you're describing, like the, we can put it out there. It is of so much, it is just to the benefit of the church. If on a regular Sunday, one of our people who comes to us and says, what you've done with my kid is incredible. Like, they want to be baptized or what you've done with my kid is incredible. They are praying the Lord's prayer and they can, they can go through it and we value this or what we can do, or like you talked about learning verses. And so imagine like that person goes home. And I think about when I have life group on Wednesday, some of the people there talked about, like, they just don't even want to post anything on Facebook. They don't want to post anything on social media because it just turns into an argument. So they say, you know, we'll just occasionally post pictures of our kids or occasionally post pictures of our flowers or our dinner or our vacation. And that's what we use it for. But they don't want to say anything that can start an argument or feel like they are coming for their friends because they don't want to come for their friends. They want their friends to know that they like them and that they respect them. And they're working out how to say like, this is a thing of value that we would love to share with you, but not shove it down people's throats. And so like if you imagine you've got VBS coming up and this is a person who values children's ministry and what's happening in their kid's life, just imagine on some random random Sunday you've come out, you feel this, this like, I super appreciate what's going on here. So you just say that online. Just say, I just like, here's a picture of my kid holding the Bible he got at church. Or here's a picture of my kid. Um, or here's like a little video of my kid praying this prayer that he's learned. And it's valuable to me because X, Y, Z. And it's not, you're not putting out there like, I just, yeah, yeah. It's just sharing your life. And so that when it comes time for us to say, okay, this is, this is something we're offering. We're having VBS. Then the people around them, it's less awkward for our people to invite people or to share the post or to share the information because their people already know that they feel this way, that they do these activities. And it's not like, well, the only time I ever hear you talk about church is when you are telling me about an event. It's like, mm-hmm. we know that this is a part of, or something of value. So when you talked about like the, the hamburger, it's, it's the relative that only calls you when they need something. Yeah. And so just in, in incorporating it naturally into your life is, how the lay people and and the leadership incorporating it into your into your daily life incorporating to your in-person life and incorporating it into your online life is how you make the marketing for the church matter and be trustworthy because if you say our brand is like if you're you're like we care about children and family and this is a huge value to us 
but your people's neighbors don't know that's a huge value to your people's neighbor or to your people, then they're going to say, well, that's nice. But I mean, I can just go to the pool that week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Justin. Yeah. And that's, and that's where, and real quick, that's where repetition and follow-up comes into play. Right. Um, there, there's that old adage. It takes seven touches for someone to make a decision, right? Uh, with churches, it's 70. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Okay. We have decades of trauma to overcome. Yeah. And so you can't just put out one, Hey, I'd love to have you at BBS. First of all, if you have a thousand friends, only a hundred of them are going to see it maybe. Right. But if you put out, Oh, this is so like, look at, look at, share the picture from that, from your church last year. Oh, I love my, my, my daughter got paint all over her hands, but look what she did. She made a mess, but she made something beautiful. Right. Ooh, there's a sermon. Um, and, and, and like, oh, I'm so excited. I got my RSVP ready to go to dinner. Who wants, or who wants to go to dinner with me tomorrow at the church? You know, they're having a free dinner and kids play playground thing or whatever. I don't know who wants to go with me. So they're constantly saying, no, that's weird. No, I don't care for that. Oh, that looks fun, but it's still kind of weird. Oh, that looks interesting. Oh, that, oh, that's, I'm glad that, that their daughter's doing this, man. They really seem to like this. Um, you know, oh, I can't believe they actually did something like this. I didn't know churches do that. That's interesting. You know what? Maybe I should check it out. By the way, that's not a yes. That's that's a maybe I should, maybe I should, not I will. Okay. Never yeah. take maybe I will, I sh- maybe I will, or maybe I should as a yes. You keep going, right? You keep promoting. So when you get to that 70th time, their kid was just a brat. They're grounded right now. The parents like, what is wrong with this kid? I've done everything right. And they're still a spoiled brat who won't shut up about Roblox and won't do their chores. What have I done wrong? Oh, look, have your kid come to church, play some games and learn why they were created or learn how special they are. Learn gratitude. I don't know if that's a VBS package, but parents going to see that and say, you know what? Maybe it's finally time. And again, 70 times you can't give up, right? I know Jesus said, go, go knock on the doors. And if they turn you away, move on, right? Uh, go two by two for sure. But in today's day and age, the devil ain't giving up at seven tries. Uh, the worldly companies are not giving up at seven tries. They're spending, spending thousands, millions, billions of dollars to get to your kids' minds, to get to your parents' minds, to convince them that what's evil is good. So we need to do that, not, not do that, but we need to work just as hard not to tear them down, but to build a higher skyscraper. Yeah. One okay, so that that kind of thought of like, what is it that you're actually doing? Not necessarily what are you working against, but what are you working towards? Mm-hmm. Um, that little little difference, right? In in your the episode I listened to that, that really piqued my interest was, uh, you talked about um, kind of the self defeating and and right in this like if if we are a church that does value kids or say that we does but you show up and there is no kids, right? You made the point of we're, we're a young, vibrant church, but what we have is the older generation, but we don't celebrate that. Right. We don't look at like, this is what we are equipped to do or and equipped mm-hmm. to serve. And we don't put that foot forward rather yep. we keep it kind of hidden. And it's this thing of, I think there's two sides of it. There's the, as you mentioned, um, the external, like why well, showed up because you said you had a young and vibrant you know, church. And that's what I was looking for. It's not here. Maybe that family stays. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so there's that disappointment that someone might feel walking into your church, which is an automatic loss for your church. Right. It's a big L 
the other part is that how does how do the people feel that you're like we're a young and vibrant church and you're ashamed right like that's kind of the the vibe it gives off you're ashamed of what you do have and what you can offer and the specific set of skills time um wisdom that's there that you're not putting forward as far as like promoting that right so anyway i I was just reminded of that little tidbit that you shared in in your episode yeah um one of one of my fantastic podcast hosts matt curtis on the creating healthy leaders podcast actually put it in a way that i wish i had i'm a little jealous how he took my saying and made it better but i always ask you know who are you equipped to serve most marketing training says, who's your target audience? And I think that's the trap that many churches are falling into, Hector, that you're talking about, is they say, we want to reach more young people, so we're going to go after them. However, you're not really equipped, you're not really built up to do so. Maybe you don't have enough teachers, you don't have the best facility, you don't have security in your kids' ministry. That's a big thing I look for as a, as a father, is how many exits and entrances does their kids' ministry have? If I see more than two, I'm, I'm so, um, so they choose a target audience and they say, we're going to go after this people instead of looking internally and saying, who are we equipped to serve? What are we doing well right now? You got to start with your own people. Okay. Now I understand you might have a new vision or you might be revitalizing and that's a God thing, in which case he's probably already preparing to equip you. But if you're just saying, how do we get more butts and seats? Well, let's go after the young people. We don't have enough young people. Every, every podcast in the world is saying, be more diverse. So let's figure that out. Right. Instead of looking internally and saying, who are we reaching right now? The best thing to grow is to do what you're already doing. Because uh, you're growing, you, you're getting people in somehow. Okay. If my wife says, I love it when you buy me flowers, I'm buying flowers for the every week for the rest of our life. Okay. I'm not going to say, well, she loves flowers. Maybe she'll like bed sheets. And I'm going to try bed sheets because that's what's on TikTok. No, <laughs> do what's already working. And so look at why are people already coming gather their vocabulary? You know, oh, I felt like I fit right in. I felt like I, you know, I felt like I wasn't going to be judged. You know what? This is the first church I went to that people didn't look at me side-eyed and have a deacon follow me around because of my tattoos. Right. Oh, okay. All right. Now we're getting somewhere. So you're not a friendly church. You're not even so much a belonging church. You're a church that just accepts people the way they are. Right. I felt like I wasn't going to be judged. Uh, maybe you do. Have, maybe you don't have a kids ministry. One of my favorite clients has no kids ministry, no youth ministry. They are a boomer church because in their community, there's a lot of old people that, in the pursuit of younger people, churches have left them behind, and so they don't recognize the church they grew up with. They don't know the songs. They can't read their Bibles in the dim light. There, there's a senior event once every three months because there's a kids event every week. I just feel like I've been left behind. And so their church is, God's not done with you yet. You're still walking and breathing. He's still got things for you to do. Come here and learn how to disciple your children, even as they're grown, your grandchildren. How can you disciple your neighbors now that you have all this free time, right? That church should, by all counts, you need a younger, younger audience. Well, guess what? People are getting older every day. They're not going to die anytime soon because they're on mission, right? They are discipleship focused. They're making disciples of people that are 65 plus. It's, it's a really cool thing to see. And so, you know, you have to know who you're equipped to serve. Now, if you feel God's calling you to, to go after a different kind of person, right? If you're planting and there's not a church that is meeting a certain need there, 
right? That's the number one reason why churches are being planted is because there's people there that churches aren't meeting their needs, spiritual, physical, whatever have you. Same thing. If you're revitalizing, God's already prepared you and equipped you either with the resources to bring on staff that can handle that kind of person or volunteers that have that same vision and God's brought you all together to do something different. That's a little bit of a different case. However, that's, that's the minority of churches. Most churches, if they want to grow, look at what's grown them this far and then double down on that. Same thing, like just a little practical advice. Look at your social media analytics. Stop posting sermon graphics. You'll see that no one cares about those posts. When you post pictures of happy, smiling faces, those get the most likes and shares and comments and all that. So stop posting sermon graphics. Post more pictures of people. And it's okay if you post the same picture a couple times a year. You know, that's kind of that thing. What's bringing people in? Double down on that. Double down on your messaging. Double down on your advertising. Double down on those kinds of events. And make that the priority to build those relationships to introduce people to Jesus. And that's what you're going to market, tell people about. Yeah. We, we talk, when I talk with um, the pastors I work with, I say, do the ministry you have. Do yep. what you do. Do what you've already got and grow out of that. Yeah. Because if you do anything else, it's going to be deceptive and you're just... Yeah perpetuating more trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a pastor I talked to that, uh, no disrespect. I love, uh, Bill Hybels. Okay. But he said he did not like his methodology of sermon series, uh, because his methodology was a four week series on something very, uh, practical, right. Fatherhood has, uh, parenting, uh, finances, and he would go real hard on the practicality for three weeks and bring you in, bring you in, bring you in. And then the fourth week, hammer the gospel. You're going to hell. None of this matters unless you follow Jesus, right? And pastor said his friend was very turned off by that. He felt like he was baited and switched because he was brought in with a certain promise and told if you keep coming back, there's another promise. And instead he was hammered with something else. And so I think something like that can work at a place like camp or something like that. You know, we always have, there's the camp message series, right? The gospel is always on Wednesday and reinforced on Thursdays, last call on Friday. Uh, so, you know, that can work for, for certain situations and maybe that works for Bill's church. And that just wasn't a church for that man. However, if we promise people something that we can't deliver on, your kid's going to have a blast. We make shrinky dinks. You know, actually, actually kids love shrinky dinks. We don't have enough colors for everyone. So they got to share colors. That's kind of weird, right? Unless you're in a small town and your kids are just used to it. Um, you know, your kids are going to have a blast, but when you come in, the nursery is going to stink and they're going to leave with that stink on them. I'm sorry. Nursery smell is something very important to me. I know it's really random. That's another thing you were talking about getting hate. You, you talk about that online. People all, I'm allergic to this and I hate this smell. And I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> uh, and by the way, embrace the haters. Okay. Don't, don't let them stifle your ministry. Don't not tell someone about Jesus because you're afraid of losing your witness. That's that's oxymoronic, right? Um, you you post that, you run that ad because God is calling someone and he can use your ad or your post to reinforce that. Um, so yeah, so anyways, a, another side note there. Yeah, absolutely. If you do anything other than who you are, you are being deceptive and you are setting yourself up and you are creating an obstacle instead of creating a, a road. Yeah, you know? amen. Well, um, okay, so let's let's say there's someone out there listening right now, right? Um uh my question comes from again this specific episode that, that you shared where 
I may be fogging up the details, but like on your commute, there's a restaurant, there's a, a bakery, right? That's on your commute every single day. You didn't know about it. And it's been there for weeks, months, maybe a year, right? And kind of how in practicality, like the the, the church sign isn't big enough, right? And um, you talked about seven, 700 touch points, right? Okay, Ooh, so 700, I love it. Right. So for, uh, was it 70? Was it 70? I said 70, but yeah, 700. Uh, 700, Let's just go for it. Um, Okay. But so, so you're talking about like the, the fact that like practically it's easy for someone to block something out. That's just there all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or familiar in some way, or um, maybe doesn't quite stand out. Right. So practically in in your opinion in your expert opinion i I would ask um what is something that a church can do right now um to really kind of break out of that situation where maybe you know people are passing by their building or passing by their ads online right or passing by their social media posts and it's just kind of noise now uh for lack of a better word, in in their commute, both physically and, and digitally? Like what's something a church yeah. could do today? The best thing to do is to audit what you are doing. Uh, because if people are going to block it out, they, are, they either blocked it out because of redundancy or because of irrelevancy. Uh, meaning if they pass your church sign, because you have a static sign, a marquee sign, like Hey, you can't you can't afford a forty thousand dollars LED sign. I don't blame you. I would rather use that forty thousand dollars for something else. A sign is just a landmark to say you have arrived. When the GPS says you've arrived, and like where do I go? Oh, there's the church. It's on the right, right. That's that's really all the sign is. If you want to use your sign as digital signage or the marquee or whatever, make it valuable. You know, interrupt people's day in a good way. I love church uh, signs that tell jokes. Right. People always be like, "What's the next joke? Oh, it's Monday. New joke. Right." And if they don't notice, their kids will notice it and be like, oh, look at that, right? And even even a red and black, or what do you call it, monochrome LED sign is good for that, right? But if you just keep cycling, say on a digital sign, go to our website, follow us on Facebook, women's ministry on Sunday, God loves you. Like people are going to keep seeing that and eventually they're going to pay no attention to it. So, you know, check for redundancy and check for irrelevancy, okay? If your uh if your church sign is being used to display verses, okay? Um you know, Andy Stanley had that had that controversy on Twitter where he said, you know, the Bible doesn't necessarily relate to people that don't believe in the Bible, right? So, if you put verses on your signs from a practical point, well, I do believe the Bible, you know, is the answer, right? Uh again, born and bred Baptist boy. It's not relevant because they might you might as well put a fairy tale up on the sign, right? So what are you doing? What's wrong with your ad? If people aren't engaging with your ad, it's probably because you've been running the same ad all year. Even a prayer ad that's evergreen needs some updating. You can, and the great thing about advertising is you can personalize it, right? You can run an ad just to parents. Hey, mom and dad, how can I pray for you? Then you can run an ad to boomers. Hey, I, I know life feels like it's, everything's feeling like it's left you behind. We haven't forgotten about you. How can we pray for you today? Right? You're coming into a new area. You're doing an ad to new movers. Hey, moving into a new place is scary. You're starting a new job. You need some help. You're eating pizza on the floor. I get it. And we're here to support you. Let's, let's talk to us about how we can help you and welcome you to our neighborhood. Right? Um, so that's where you get to that relevancy. And that's just for a prayer ad. You can do lots of other different kinds of advertisements. Now, 
if you're doing these avenues and they're working and you just want to work better or more, I believe you need to be everywhere. You need to be omnipresent. That's how you get to the 70 touch points. Not because someone sees your ad 70 times, but because they see your missions in the park. They see your Facebook ad. They see your Instagram ad. They see a TikTok organic video show up. Uh, they hear about you on the radio. They read about you in the public, the local publication. They see your flyer at the school. Uh, they kid comes home with a free coupon on behalf of so-and-so for the local carnival. Again, Bill and Ted's excellent church. Oh, wow. That's interesting, right? You're looking for different ways to be everywhere when they're certain, like, even if they come up there, okay. Um, I, I searched this weekend carnival in town, right? If your church is doing a fall festival, like you can run ads for free on Google, by the way, with the Google ad grant to say, if anyone searches for festivals, carnivals, things to do with kids, kids activities, Houston activities, show our fall festival, right? And they will see that. It should get to the point where your church is everywhere. Just like everyone knows where the local Walmart is, when it's open and what to expect when they go. Eventually your church should be at the point where everyone knows, even if they don't want to go, right? Everyone knows where your church is when you're open and what to expect when they go. I like to say, even the vegetarian knows the best steakhouse in town, right? So everyone, even if they're militant, atheist, uh, Jewish, Buddhist, whatever, agnostic, they should still know your church exists. Uh, everyone in, in your town should. So work on being omnipresent. And that's why, that's that's uh, not to bring it back to me, but I mean, that's why we exist is because we help you do that, being everywhere. So you can just focus on your people and we'll put you everywhere. Um, and, 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 and yeah, so uh, go on local podcasts, local blogs, right? There's always a local food blog. I, I said this on my last podcast episode. Go to the local food blog and say, hey, can we write an article about the five best places to eat on Sunday afternoons? And here's what time we get out of church. So get there before then. So you don't have to wait behind us in line. You know, make it funny, right? Uh, you can post, uh, I love church cookbooks. I'm sorry, I'm just getting on a tangent now, but I love church cookbooks. I miss them. Well, you can go to your local food blog and share uh, Miss Rachel's famous uh, spaghetti and meatballs recipe, right? And this is this is a local third generation recipe from so-and-so. Uh, and by the way, you can meet her at church. Uh, she goes to this church on, on Sundays and she'll bring it to this potluck, right? It could be an advertisement if you want. Uh, it could be a promotion, right? Pastor, if something's happening at your church, right? Go, go on a local newscast and talk about it. And this can be an opportunity not just to promote, but also to celebrate, right? If you had, uh, for example, we, I, I was part of a D-Now, a discipleship now in a very small town, very small town. There were, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but there, I remember the ratio. There was about 98 kids in town, high school, uh, middle school and high schoolers in town. And 94 of them or 95 of them came to the discipleship now. All the kids in town were at that D-Now. In fact, it was a joke. We were like, man, what are those three kids doing? Like, you know, are they playing Mario Kart by themselves because everyone else is here? But that could have been a story that you then push out in the newspaper. 94 kids, you could say whatever the percentage, 95% of kids went to this event and this is what they saw and this is what they felt. And, and Joe said this and Tommy said this, right? And that's a celebration. And again, it's that another touch point. So someone's reading the newspaper and like, huh. That's pretty cool. I didn't know about that. Tommy, did you know about that? Why didn't you go to this? They're losers, dad. I don't know. It looks like they had some fun there, right? That's another touch point. So then when that D now comes around next year, Tommy's like, well, I don't want to be left out again. Tommy's dad is like, nah, yeah, you don't. 
I'll take you. It looked like a lot of fun, right? So you could tell those stories after the fact. You can get on local podcast interviews. If your town's big enough, you, you'll have some local podcasts. Uh, you can run Google ads to your teachings, not just your advertisements, right? If you do a sermon series on finances and how God wants us to use our money and how it's all his money and et cetera, et cetera, and what you should do with a charity, whatever, right? You can run Google ads to people in your local area searching for financial help, right? And don't lie and say we're a financial services company or whatever, but it's like, hey, you know, if you've tried to do your finances on your own, it might be because you're not doing it the way that God's calling you to do it. Um, you know, and a lot of people are, are are very cautious about that. And I understand. I take it from a point of, I'd rather do my due diligence and moral obligation and get this message of Christ out there than be comfortable and have everyone like me. I was especially uh, church. I was watching the uh, Legion Night of Prayer at Asbury. I was watching the live stream mm -hmm. uh, this morning, and one of the students said something. That essentially, was like, you know, we've had this moment right now, and we're crying out, and we're crying out, and we're asking Jesus, like, just, you know, Lord, just come, you know, just come. And he goes, and how selfish is it if we don't turn around and go tell people and invite people mm -hmm. and say. I want to share with you um, out of this thing that has happened, but I want to share with you uh, the tenderness of Christ, the, the love of Christ. And I want to invite you into that because how selfish would it be if it was just right here? And yeah. um, I think that's relevant as far as like, man, we can, we can have all these great things that are happening in our gatherings and never make it out of the, the four walls. Right. And, and how many, how many kids were invited and said no and laughed at them and tweeted that this is just a bunch of, this is uh what, what do they call that? Where everyone in an area has a psychological break. I can't yeah. remember what they call delusion. Yeah. There is a uh, uh, communal delusion. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like yeah. every, everyone uh, community delusion. Everyone is like going crazy. Like how many people hated on that event? But you know what? I would rather invite the haters and be told no than again to just be comfortable not doing my job. No. And, and and I and I read all of those comments. And I see the things that people are saying. Yeah. And and it's 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 that uh, you're crazy and I'm like yeah, we're not crazy, you're crazy. Like I can't believe you think that. But you know what? Again, it's another touch point. It's a drop in the bucket. And when you're thirsty, you're going to be thankful you put 10,000 drops in that bucket and not just one because it was yeah. a little bit hard. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I was going to say, when you talked about the about omnipresent, and I'm taking a class right now, a theology class, and we have come back several times to the question, what does it mean to be made in the image of a God who is, and then you fill in the blank. Like We talk about these aspects of God. And then we talk about what does it mean that we're made in the created in the image of a God who is, and, and we have not discussed what does it mean to be created in the God in the image of a God who's omnipresent. But I think that the thing, the takeaway is that being present matters. And I think mm. we have talked in the past about the, the idea of embodiment. And that is a uh, real, it makes me twitch a little when people go into that because we talk about the presence of the Lord and we talk about many things and Jesus was not too pressed about doing his ministry always at the same location as the person he was ministering to. Mm. So I'm not super pressed about if I'm in a different location than the person I'm ministering to. So I believe that you can be as present. I believe that you can be also be present with people online and you can also be present with people in person, but it's just that 
value of showing up, showing up for people wherever they are and wherever you are. So I like that you brought that into it. Yeah, that's Jesus used, I think, every tool he had 2,000 years ago, which is mostly word of mouth. Um, Yeah. Like I said, the enemy is using every tool available at his disposal. And so I think we can too. We can use word of mouth, but to put it on a pedestal above everything else, again, you're just going to humble because the enemy is using TikTok, news, Facebook to share every traumatic story, every piece of church abuse. Yeah. And and even even splitting us up on Christian on the Christian side of the door saying, "Oh, this Asbury thing's fake." No, it's real. No, it's fake. You can't do this. And it, people are seeing that. And if we just leave them to it, we, again, we are relegating ourselves to continue to be the best kept secret. And and what I say is not going to work for every church. Some churches, I talked to one guy last week that was like, "You know what? We're fine. Everyone's volunteer. We don't need a big budget." There's just about a hundred of us. If we grow, we grow. If we shrink, we shrink. We're just going to ride the wave. All right, man. I believe every church is uniquely equipped to uniquely reach a unique group of people. And if that's your uniqueness, great. If you die, I, you know what? That's, that's up to God, I guess. Or if you grow, that was up to God. I can't help you if you don't want to be helped, but at least I offered. And so I think that's the big part of being omnipresent is people don't know what they don't know. No. And if you just follow organic promotion options, people that drive past your sign, people that follow you on Facebook, people that go to the school, you hang up that flyer, you are missing out because you're only reaching the circle of your circle, Mm -hmm. right? So in order to be everywhere, you've got to go places where people that don't know that they don't even know you, you got to go and be there to introduce yourself to them. That's, that's what being omnipresent is about. Yeah. Mm Man, well, Justin, thanks so much for for your time. Uh, we've got two more questions, and they're they're a pair of questions. So, as someone who is very passionate about church marketing and very you know wanting to help churches um, put their name out there and put what they're equipped to do out there, um, can you tell us about a time that it didn't go well? Ooh, um, <clears throat> that would actually be my church. Um, uh, we, uh, we, we started a Facebook campaign. Uh, we, we, so my church is very, it's ironic as a guy who works for local or works with local churches. My church is not a local church. We are a, uh, uh, network of home churches, Crosswaves church and go to crosswaveschurch.com to learn more about us. We don't have a church building. We have a senior pastor. We have leadership team. We're a nonprofit. We're part of the SBC. We are a like church, but instead of meeting in a building, we meet in homes. We take that first century approach. The mistake was we looked at what we wanted. We looked at what we wanted. And, and it's funny. Uh, and this is, again, why I recommend outsourcing, because I'm the bad at this, too. And I'm the professional. You, you called me an expert. When you're too close to something, you are so blind to it. You don't even know what you're doing wrong. And that works for me, too. So for my own church, we looked at what do we want? Well, we want more people to open up their homes for, for home groups. We call them hotspots. Um, and so we ran ads to find uh, hosts. What we realized is after the fact, and what I would have told you if it wasn't my church, I would have told him as a client, uh, that is a very big ask and provides little value because you're essentially saying, hey, come work for us for free, right? Um, And so what we should have done, and actually what we're doing now is we are running 
more value adds. Uh, five ways to become a better disciple-making parent. Five five ways to disciple your kids. Um, if it, and an ad, if you feel like the church has let you down, it might be because it was, wasn't Jesus's fault. It was the way the current church is established. And we talk and we we use that as a teaching series, a three-part teaching series of discipleship, where we end with how first-century uh, discipleship happened in homes, and we make that offer then to uh, go through the host training just to see what it's like, what Crosswaves is about, what is it, what does a Crosswave uh, session or, or gathering look like. And so it's much more valuable in that we're teaching you something about your kids. We're teaching you something about the true meaning of discipleship. If you feel burned by the church, we're telling you it's not your fault. Uh, and, 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 and we're inviting people into a dialogue to then be worked up to see if they'd be a good fit to be a, a host home. And if not, we've made that connection to where we can continue to disciple them and try to connect them with a local church. Uh, but that was a big mistake was we didn't really evaluate. The other thing too, is we didn't really evaluate our audience. We just kind of ran ads to general religious population. This was back when you could target religion. Um, and there was more crazies posting on that than, uh, than non-crazies uh, and definitely more than signups we got. So we just didn't do a good enough job actually going into like, who are our current hotspot hosts right now? And let's target more people like that what we found was entrepreneurs and, and homeschoolers, right? So we should have been targeting those people, not just general Christianists. That's what happens when you try to go wide instead of deep is you don't have as good of, uh, of reach and you're just wasting your money. The other thing too, was not having a proper, uh, what's called on-ramp or journey or funnel in marketing. Uh, I like to call it a journey where we provide the value first, then we see if we can serve them, then we offer to plug them in. Instead, we were just saying, hey, come make a five-year commitment with us, right? No, no one wanted to do that. Uh, so that was the biggest mistake that that we've made, and unfortunately, it was for my church, which is again an, another case study of it's re you're really blind to your own stuff. It's really good to get outside help on that. All right. Well, that's um, that that gave me a lot to think about. Quite honestly, I don't know if anybody else, but that answer was definitely for me. And we never want to go out on talking about a time it didn't work. So, can you give us uh, an example or a story about a time that has gone well? Ah, very, very timely question. Uh, Monday morning, I was having a rough morning. Uh, I got a one-year-old and a nine-year-old who pretends like she's 13. Oh. Uh, and she definitely sleeps like she's 13. So my, my one-year-old woke up two hours early, uh, was throwing fits because he was tired, but didn't want to sleep. My nine-year-old just wanted to sleep and didn't want to get up. My wife had left for her hospital shift. Uh, mm -hmm. She leaves at, at 6.30 in, or, or no, at 5.30 in the morning to go work her hospital shift. So I'm home alone with these kids, which I don't have a problem with. It is hard sometimes, especially Monday mornings. It was a really bad case of the Mondays. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. The kid, I had just come back from a week-long conference. I wrestle the kids in the car, literally wrestle. I had to wrestle my one-year-old into his car seat because he's just belligerent. Drop them off. And I am like literally dreaming of donuts, coffee, and, and taking a nap right? It's that moment where you're so tired, you forget what you're supposed to do and you just do what you want to do. At that moment, I got a phone call from one of my, or I got a text from one of my clients. He said, Hey, Justin, please call me at your earliest convenience. And I'm like, Oh, what is this now? Something didn't work yesterday. Something went down. What is it? I give him a call because we answer the phone. We call you at, at Nava Church Marketing. And he said, Hey, I just got to tell you something. We had 25 visitors yesterday and 20 of them filled out visitor cards. We're sending you the information for follow-up. And I was like, whoa. And before you think that that's, that's, a, that's normal for this church, 
they are a, a small small town South Florida church, um, and I think their average weekly attendance is between 100 and 125, um, and they have a larger live stream audience as well. So that was something that we've been working together for about 10 months. We clarified their messaging, we honed in their branding, we rebuilt their website, we got them an app uh, for their people. Uh, and then we spent a lot of time on search engine optimization to get them at the top of Google. When people are searching for churches, when people are searching for clinics, when people are searching for healing, uh, for health stuff, their church shows up first. And once they come to the site, we have that journey for them, right? They can learn what God has for their health. They can learn, they can watch a message. They can plan a visit when they come in, then they experience the deliverance service that this church puts on. And so not only the fact that he got 25 visitors that, that week, which normally he's been averaging about 20 a month, um, not only getting 25 in one day, but having 20 of them trust the church so much to give them their information, that's a huge trust point. That's why people aren't filling out your connect cards because they don't trust you. It's not that they're lazy. It's not that they don't have a pen. It's that they don't trust you enough with their information, mm. right? So um, that was a huge win for us. And again, I come, I come back, we're looking at their analytics. They're getting, uh, again, a small church in a small town. Uh, they're getting 30 people uh, a month asking, I'm sorry, 30 people a month calling the church, asking for help, 60 people a month asking for directions because uh, they've never been in that church. Google can tell us all that information, thousands of hits on the website, hundreds of people watching their live stream because we've done such a good job, what's called SEOing or optimizing their web presence to be found on Google easier. Um, it, it's It's just, it's been amazing. Pastors told me he sees new faces every week and just to have, one on Sunday that just was ended up being a huge healing service because again they're in such an unhealthy community uh, was a huge thing and it was like that made my morning. I was like, Pastor, I needed this call. It's time to get back to work. Forget the donuts. Let's just get the coffee and go. Uh, and so that was something that was just such a blessing. And I mean, we we really do hear stories about that often, uh, but that was one that was just proper timing uh, where people say, I had another fun story is, uh, someone came to church because we do directory listing as part of our SEO, which means we put you in people's directories. We put your church, not just Yelp, Google, but also Apple next door, neighbor, Uber, uh, stuff like that. And someone actually said they, they felt the call to go to church. They didn't have a ride. So they just opened Uber and searched church and their church was the first one. <laughs> so they Ubered to their church, uh, because we had worked to get them listed in Uber in, in the right way. So that's wow. a fun story too. That's really cool. That's wow. I mean, it's it's all these little things, right? That that uh, can help. Kind of. Can Can I share one more ministry story? Yeah. Like like this is not a marketing so much. I mean, it is, but it's more of a ministry bent. And I just want to make sure we focus on ministry online, not just getting people to church through the internet. Yeah. Um, we had a student uh, that was in a dire strait. He was he was a bad student. Uh, but, uh, he was in dire strait and he was, he was really considering hurting himself one night and I don't know how to boredom, desperation, I don't know what have you, who's on Instagram. And he scrolled past, uh, an Instagram post that we had made as a church and it got him to call the youth pastor at midnight. And the youth pastor had a conversation with him, got his, I think he got his parents on the line, made sure the kid was safe. Uh, and then he called me, which, you know, if I get a call at, 12, 15, 12, 30 from the youth pastor. I'm assuming it's nothing good. Um, but he just had to call me and tell me, he's like, Hey man, I'm sorry to wake you up, but we got to pray and, and thank God for this. Uh, Cause I know you made that post. And so I was like, dude, that's awesome. So it's not just about getting people to the church. It's about getting the church to people. 
and yeah. getting them to take action and recognize God is God loves me. He's for me. Nothing can stand against me. And I got to do something about this. I have to make a decision. I have to plug in. I have to go see what this is about. Yeah. That that's incredible. There have been, I have had, I have experienced moments like that. And I know Hector has where, and I talk about this when, um, when I've done trainings is that at, at those critical moments, the often the only connection your church has to a person is in their phone. Yeah. And so it's like, we can talk about the, the concepts that this is about offering them life, but in there are circumstances when it is literally, it is life or death. And, and it is incredible to hear those kind of stories. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the reasons, right. And I, I appreciate you bringing it back to it. Cause that, that really was like, I know someone could listen to the majority of this episode and go, what does this have to do with social media and online digital ministry? And, and the thing is, I think distilling what you've shared as far as like, you have to be present, especially if we're talking digital ministry, you have to be present. And there are ways to do that in that are effective and that are ineffective, but it translates to ultimately what we want is to get um, our presence out there, not our name, not our, you know, um, our glory, right? But rather, hey, we are a gathering of people um, that are have this focus, and we just want people to know that. And as many times as is needed, so that on the day, the moment that it it matters, uh, we're nowhere to be found, right? Or can't be found, and so. Um, Justin, I'm just very thankful for what you shared and, and just the, the, the way that you share wisdom. Part of my, what I appreciate about you is how often you are sharing a lot of wisdom that people would often lock behind, uh, Hey, come check out, you know, my online, you know, uh, think group that meets once a month that like maybe (laughs) after a year, like you'll, you'll have some, something worth, you know. Uh, putting out there, but uh, but man, just the the way that you share tidbits of wisdom, um, and and uh, yeah, to use something you said, dialogue starters, right? Like to start dialogue or or a monologue with yourself of like, man, how do what does this do? Like, how do I put this into play? How can I evaluate and um, look at what I'm doing in order to to just make my presence easier to find. So anyway, and thank you so much for, for your time today. I appreciate you guys having me. Um, if there's, which I guess maybe you should put that Instagram story up top, right? And we get, don't, don't let people phase, phase this out and thinking like, oh, this is just a marketing sale or pitch yeah. or whatever. Like, no, we're talking ministry here. Um, just remember that this is a ministry. Your marketing is a ministry. And anytime the church is silent in the community, people are going to go to hell because of it. And so we need to speak up. And if people don't know of you, they cannot go to you. And so you got to do something. Don't sit around working it out, figuring it out, wondering what to do, buying another course, like go do something. It's only by doing it and repetition is what you're going to learn what works and you're going to get sore. You might pull a back muscle doing it, you know, like you're like at the gym, but at the end of the day, planning out your workout routine is not going to help you get stronger. 
you have to actually go to the gym and get stuff done. So I, I appreciate it. I, a lot of people say, oh, you gave me a lot to think about. Nah, I want you to go do something. I, I want to give you a lot to do. So go do something. Take, take yeah. one piece of this. Man, how long has it been? An hour and a half? This is the longest interview I've ever done. Um, not even my shows go this long, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, go do something. Pick one thing and just do that. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Where can people find you? So, so you did mention you're on Twitter. Is that the best place to find you? Or where can people learn more about what you're doing? Let's yeah, Twitter's about. fine. Um, you can go. I mean, here's what I want you to do. Forget, forget all the social media stuff. You're here because you like podcasts. I'm not going to give you a homework assignment. Let's make this as enjoyable as possible for you. Go find my podcast, Better, uh, excuse me, Better, uh, Best Known Church Show uh, in the podcast. I mean, search my name, Justin Nava, or just Best Known Church Show, because it's about taking you from the best kept secret to the best known in the community. Go listen to that. Every week, we're talking about how to do better ministry, enhance your discipleship with marketing by becoming better known. And just go find me there. There's and then all my social links are there too. If you just want to talk to me, or give me a call, we actually answer the phone. We're we're a, we're a we're an agency that actually answers the phone. <laughs> Sweet awesome. man, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, all of uh, the links will be in the show notes. Uh, we'll send you straight over to Justin's podcast. Seriously, I I really mean it. I was listening to the show and I was like, all right, this this is what we what we're gonna chat about is is that. How do we, how do we like make ourselves known? And so, all right. Well, thanks so much, Justin. Thanks, Sarah. It's good to have you back on the show. It's good to be back. uh, We'll see everyone next week. All right. Bye. Bye.